A Tiny Revolution features adults having adult conversations, which means that adult language is probably going to be present, just so you know. Hey friends, you're listening to A Tiny Revolution, a podcast about ordinary people living revolutionary lives. My name is Kevin Garcia. Welcome to another episode. I'm so glad you are here this week. As per usual, Wild Goose is coming up in two weeks. If you don't show up, you are missing out, honey. Um, Not only is it going to be an amazing array of artists, speakers, co-creators, and also just a freaking good time, uh, you're going to miss out on today's guest, which I cannot believe that she is on this podcast, but whoop, here she is. Uh, The fantastic, lovely, delightful Jen Hatmaker uh, was sitting down with me last week just over um, the Skype line and some coffee, and it was great, and we just giggled and had a great time. Conversations with her is like having conversations with an old friend. Anyways, um, other things coming up. I already told y'all. I don't know if y'all follow me on social media. If not, why aren't you doing that? Go follow me across social media at Garcia, and let's be friends. Um, among other things. I love I love Twitter conversations more than anything. So go follow me there. Follow me on Instagram. I love posting about my life there. Um, and also, go follow me over on YouTube. It's like, I'm r- trying really hard to ramp that thing up. I'm still under 1,000 subscribers there. And it would mean so much if you could go to YouTube.com. The link is in the description. The link is on my website. And just click follow for me. That would mean everything. So go do that for me. I love you so much. Anyways, um, this Friday I'm releasing a video um, where I'm talking about my first month on medication um, uh, to help manage my depression and anxiety. So I'd love for you to just be on the lookout for that. It's um, It was really, really cool to document that journey, and I'm hoping that it helps a lot of people be more bold about talking about their mental health issues and the possibility of going to get um, you know medication to help them with their life, because I know that my life has been significantly improved by my antidepressants, because I can get out of bed. What a concept. So like I said, today on the podcast is one of my new friends um, and sisters, Jen Hatmaker. And you probably already know who she is, but in case you don't, Jen Hatmaker is the author of 11 books, holy shit, that's incredible, and including New York Times bestseller, For the Love, and Of Mess and Moxie. She is the hostess of a tightly knit online community where she reaches millions of people each week. She and her husband, Brandon, founded The Legacy Collective, a community, oh, excuse me, a giving community that funds sustainable solutions to systemic problems around the world. They also start an HGTV series called My Big Family Renovation and live in uh, they live in over a 105 year old farmhouse just outside Austin, Texas with their five kids. She speaks at events all over the country and hosts the popular podcast For the Love with Jen Hatmaker and her books and schedule, they can all be found at her website but anyways, um, two things Jen, I didn't know you were on a TV show. I wish I would have picked your brain about that in hindsight, so I'm going to bug you about that at the goose, just so you know. In our conversation today, Jen and I, we kick it, we giggle, we cuss a little bit, or a lot of it, because it's me, obviously, and we talk about what it was like being kicked out of evangelicalism when she had such a large platform and came out in support of LGBT equality and same-sex marriage. Among other things, um, she's also going to be a featured speaker at Wild Goose, so if you haven't got your tickets yet, honey, and you want to meet Miss Hat. Hatmaker, excuse me, Mrs. Hatmaker, I apologize. You're a married woman. You can check her out at the Goose. So go to wildgoosefestival.org slash tickets. Get signed up today. Use the offer code. It's either GooseCast18 or GooseCast2018. I think it's GooseCast18 um, to get like 25% off your tickets or something like that, which is a good chunk of change. Anyways, we'll see you in two weeks. I'm done talking. Here's my conversation with my girl, Jen Hatmaker. 
Hi, Jen Hatmaker. It is so good to like connect with you for realsies. Same, 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 same. Delighted. Delighted. Lovely. I have loved uh, just following your story. Um, and also, I'm super informal in all of my conversations. So good. like, if we go on a thousand different tangents, it's completely acceptable. It's just <laughs> how I like to roll. Great. That's my best way. Yeah. Also, cussing is allowed on here because mm. I am a trash garbage human. And <laughs> I've just accepted that about myself. Oh, that's fun. Because some words just need to be curses. There's no other way. There aren't any superior options. Yeah. I mean, like, you can't say that something um, freaking hurt when it really just fucking hurt. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, um, this is going to be fun. Oh, you know. Yeah. Okay, so... um I have pers- I've loved following your work these past few years. Um, yeah. It's been really lovely, inspiring. Although, like, I have been listening to all of your interviews on every other podcast in the universe. Um, and what I think what what I loved more than anything about what you said, I think it was probably on Ian Cron's podcast, mm-hmm. Typology, was you said something along the lines of, with everything that's gone down since, um, stating publicly that you're affirming of LGBTQ right. people, um, the kind of emotional strain it's had on you that y'all didn't like, you basically didn't let them see the whites of your eyes the whole time. Mm. Yeah. I, I think at first, you know, it's been, you know, we're coming up on two years. And so at first it was so um, just overwhelming in volume and quantity, sort of the backlash, and and it was weirdly gendered. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I sort of got this. She's just a little dumb, dumb with her feel feels. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm a girl, and yeah, and you're so subject to your emotions, and you're not right, just, to be a pastor, apparently. No, obviously not. Twenty years of ministry. What does that matter? She's just a no. blog. She's a lady blogger. Um, yeah. So. I felt like I was having to fight so many numerous fronts at once. And so, yeah, I kind of just went underground. I, I, I don't know what the human capacity is for all that. I, it's just a weird time. You don't have any precedence with this sort of online culture and everybody gets a shot and everybody gets a say and it's anonymous and it's without any repercussions. Mm. You know, it's just, a, we don't have any other generation to look toward for how they manage this emotionally and socially and spiritually. And so I just found that I'd lack the capacity to handle it. Uh, it was right. just, it was too much. It was more than I could handle. So yeah, you're right. For a bit, just kind of went radio silent, honestly, just sort of dark or whatever I did say was just absolutely meaningless. And, and it, it took me a few months to kind of recover enough to come out and um, talk coherently and, and decisively with leadership once again, um, toward that super important conversation for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I told, like, I get that. That was like, you know, I think what's interesting um, within a lot of coming out stories, I mean, like, not that coming out as an ally is the same as coming out as LGBT, but just like, especially if you have any sort of connection to evangelical land, period, um, there is this, like, when you're out of the tribe, people let you know in no uncertain terms that you're out of the tribe. Oh, they let Um, you know, don't they? (laughs) Oh my God. I had an elder from my old church um, back in Virginia when I came out every single day, I got an email from him about his deepest concern for the safe, for like the safety of my soul. And I'm just like, and I was like, bruh, like you haven't called me in the year since I left Virginia. And like, now you want to talk to me? Like, 
No, I like know. there's got to be something more important than this. I know. Like, do you have a job? What are you doing with your life? My God. Yeah. How are you doing? How is your emotions? Are you Are you getting Gosh. married to that woman that we prophesied for you? You know. What I'm saying? <laughs> but yeah, it's it's so interesting to me that like there is like uh, I was talking to Vicky Beeching um, too recently about yeah. her release of her new book, but how like when the more vulnerable we are in public spaces or online spaces, it's like almost like the more fuel people have mm. to, or like more ammo they have to arm themselves with to just really come after you for it's true. stuff that like is like settled in your own spirit. It's, it's very so strange. It's, it's quite a deterrent. It even was for me for a while because I, I was so rattled and I thought I am never going to give these people this much control over me again. Never. Like I will never let them see me sweat again. I will never let them get to me or let them know they got to me. I will not give them an inch because they will take a mile. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was, I locked it down, but you know what? I'm just not like that. Uh, That was just kind of a self-protective mode for a short amount of time while we were sort of in recovery. But um, I I just can't live like that. I don't want to live like that, frankly. And so I felt that sort of hardened um, armor crack pretty, pretty quickly when I just thought, you know, let them come. I mean, uh, and let them go. Really. That was really the biggest thing when I realized how fickle um, that community will be with me and that they will love me to the same degree they'll hate me. So, right, um, yes. you know, it's flip sides of the same coin. It's all too much. It's all, it's too much, too much love you, too much hate you. Um, and so I just found if I, if I'm going to take in all the approval, then I'm going to have to also take in all the rejection and I don't really want either. So, um, mm. so I try a little bit now to, I just, I want to be faithful and I want to tell the truth and I don't want to be so hardened that I've lost anything like tender and Christ-like about myself. And, and that is vulnerable. Sure it is. But what I've also found is that the community that I have discovered in the last two years, the ones that opened their arms to me and said, you're welcome here. And there's a bunch of us out here and you're not alone and you're not crazy has been so overwhelmingly wonderful mm-hmm. So good and kind and compassionate and smart. So smart. Asking hard questions, not afraid of the answers. And Mm -hmm. so what I've experienced on the the opposite side of it, it's been so life-giving that I think it sort of gave me my soul back, to be honest with you. Right. Yeah. I relate. Like, I was fully convinced that when I had to leave uh, missions, like missions organization world, I wouldn't find anything on the other side of it. Totally. That... And also just like, like there, there are moments where like you kind of like you, like you get gaslit and you think that you're the crazy person. Right. You're the one who's like second guessing. Did I really hear from God correctly? Totally. Did I really have this thing happen? Or was I just, you know, in my emotions and my emotions and my body can't be trusted. Yeah, and I think exactly. it, that's the thing that gets me is like, it was my emotions and my heart and like this very like visceral bodily reaction that brought me to Jesus. Like, why would I not trust it when like Jesus is leading me elsewhere outside of a small religion? Did you grow up conservative? Oh yeah. Um, pretty much a PK, my uncle pastor of the church. My mama was a worship leader, not a pastor though, not a worship pastor because ladies can't be pastors. Sure. Director maybe. (laughs) Yeah, perhaps. Um, but we were in church like three times a week. We were setting up the VBS. We were setting up the Wednesday night potlucks. 
I got baptized at nine years old and I just, um, knew I was supposed to be a pastor from a really young age, like in my teens. And then as soon as I figured out that I was queer, I was like, well, I guess that dream is dead. Mm -hmm. And now fast forward 15 years, I'm now getting ready to go to seminary. It's great. So, but it it was, uh, how old were you when you came out? I was 25. Yeah. 25 September, 2015. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it was only about through going on three years this fall that I came out. Yeah. Um, how did your family he, do? I'm sorry, this is your podcast, but <laughs> no, I love this is how we, this is what I love about this. Is, yes. that's totally fine. I love talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, my um, my mother at first, my parents were divorced, and so um, this was actually my second coming out to them because I came out mm. to them in high school, did the whole reparative therapy, pray oh, the gateway thing. Um, oh yeah fun and by fun i mean horrible horrible yes um i remember going to like one of these retreat things like with my mom it was like in the mountains and they got all like the under 18 year old queers in the same room and mm-hmm. all i could kept thinking was just like i'd really like to make out with that dude over there totally it's so then, weird how they didn't get you ungay i right Shocking. yes yeah put us put us all struggling like baby right. queers in the same room and just pray that nothing happens. Which like, <laughs> That's nothing a, ter- did, nothing a terrible idea. There's too Horrible. much shame in the room. You can't break through it. It's like yeah. impenetrable. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that, uh, the second time I came with my mom um, was really interesting. It was an hour long conversation and full mm. of tears. And she, at the end of it said, I don't understand, but I love you no matter what. And okay. so that for me was really powerful. Um, uh, my father, on the other hand, my father has... God rest his soul. My father died back in February. So it's like a little raw talking about him, Mm. but like he um, has like had this revisionist history thing. He liked to do to himself, Mm. which was like um, when I told him I'm coming out as gay, he was like, "Um, well, you know, I never really disapproved of your sexuality. And I'm just Uh, like, why didn't you say anything? Right. Right. Uh, He's kind of absolving himself in memory of what was actually true. Yeah. I'm like, you told me this was a phase, dad, but you know, we, uh, we all have our problems, right? His is just not remembering things accurately. So you're Um, going to seminary. You're heading to seminary. That's so exciting. Yeah. I am thrilled. Columbia Theological Seminary in here in Atlanta, Georgia, where I reside. How exciting. I'm thrilled. I can't believe it. And I'm starting with my best friend. Um, because they're starting in the same program. I am same semester. So I'm like, I did not think I was going to get, and also another guy from my church is going, starting the same program, same time. So I'm just like, I'm going to have three, like a little posse going in. That's awesome. Cause you're just going to be like seminary nerds and you need some friends because it's all you're going to do. It's all you're going to have time for. It's all you're going to talk about. You're going to wear everybody else out. So thank goodness you have some cronies in there. So you guys <laughs> can just like do your like nerd talk together until you're finished. Are you going full time? Are you going to double down here? No, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be full time at this and I'm going to be, um, still doing like creative work and still like doing my little contract work. Cause it's not yeah. uh, super taxing. And, um, because I'm getting the amount of tuition that I'm getting, getting 90% of my tuition, yes. I can afford to not work full time, like at a, like a traditional job, like going to, uh, I was working at a restaurant for forever and just recently transitioned out of that into creative work and working a little bit at a yoga studio. That's awesome. How exciting. Is this going to take you two years? This is a three-year Three. program. Okay. Oh, man. Which, that's so hardcore. It's It'll be good. Uh, um, I have a friend of mine right now who's going through 
uh, his CPE training. Um, he's in third year divinity school at Harvard. And, um, he's just been giving me the lowdown of like, what's it been like at the hospital as a chaplain? And I'm just like, holy shit. Um, I just made it, but I better block off that summer as like no time for anyone or anything. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I don't even know if I have the capacity to learn for three solid years anymore. I don't think my brain can do it any, anymore. I'm too, I'm older than you. I'm 43. And so I think I can only, you're 43. Just let it be. I, I, I mean, can only you like look alert. so good. <laughs> I'm just gonna let you say that. I'm just gonna let that ride in the room. That's fine. Listen, um, just let that anytime. I'll send that as a soundbite to you later. So anytime you're feeling a little blue, yes. just yes. be like, "Honey, you look so good." That's my ringtone. That's my new ringtone. <laughs> That's great. Um, I'm excited for you, and I'm thrilled that you have just discovered not just a community that loves you well and um, welcomes your gifts and your callings, your talents, but also just a higher education institution. That's like going to stand with you and get you ready for this, this ministry. It's just great. It's a good time to be alive. Just, this is all very promising to me. It's so exciting just to watch. This would not, this would be a different deal 25 years ago, just a Mm -hmm. completely different conversation. And so I'm just encouraged by what I see in faith communities right now. Again, mm-hmm. this could be like, for me, this could be a function of that. My, uh, my center has shifted. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I, if I was maybe once a little bit more in the belly of the beast in an evangelical context, I'm not anymore. And so maybe it's that this has been there all along and I just didn't know that's very possible too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does feel, it does feel like some right. really wonderful progress is being made in our faith conversations right now. And it just makes me excited for you and everybody coming up behind you mm-hmm. um, that a lot, probably a lot of the battles that you fought are not going to have to be fought again. You know, we're not going to send the next generation through re- reparative therapy. Thank God. You know, I know. I just, I'm sorry that you had to bear that burden. Um, you, your generation, those certainly ahead of you, gosh, what a nightmare for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but how hopeful that, we are, we know better. We're doing better. Even the church is coming along. Bless her. She's slow, but she you know, is. She got parts it. of her, parts of her coming along and it just feels, it feels so exciting. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's something that, um, I think about all the time is that like, I think about just even three years ago before, like right when I came out, I feel like I've lived lifetimes, like mm. two or three lifetimes in the past three years of like personal development, spiritual, spiritual maturity, and uh, just seeing the opportunities that are cropping up for um, progressive and LGBTQ Christians. Yeah. Um, because I think we're all like, it's one of the, I think about the verse where it says, uh, everything that happens on the earth will be laid bare. And I think mm. like, there's a lot of things happening, both politically, socially, um, in our churches, where like, there's no way to hide our shit anymore That's like there's right. no way to hide like our own revisionist history around like what's happened uh to black and brown bodies and to That's native right. bodies there's no way to hide abuse that's happening in our churches, like with the Me Too and Church Two movement happening. Um there is no way to hide like the the incredible amount of like just like everyday sexism that Mm. women are facing Mm. uh both in just walking down the street and especially within churches. Like have you read Austin Mm. Channing's book yet? Have I? I loved it. I read it in one sitting. Same. Well, two sittings. It was like the first like half on the plane to a conference and the second half on the way back. It was delicious. 
She didn't leave. She just gives no crap. I mean, I love that about her. Her, she goes so hard at it, so directly. She pulls zero punches, mm-hmm. and it's time for that. I and I think everybody's ready for that too. Her voice is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's a really important leader, and uh, I, I love what she's curating. I love her messaging. I love how strong and um, fierce her leadership is. I, I, I she's one to watch for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. She is. She is. Yes, yes. We love. We love you. We love you, Austin. Can we talk about one other of our mutual friends? Oh, yeah. Um, So you know my buddy Brett Trapp, correct? Oh, yes. Oh, he's so dear. I'm in love with him. He is such a... I got to go to his wedding a few weeks ago. I guess it was... We were going to be there. We were going to go. I know. I know. I'm so sad. Like I have such FOMO about it. I don't even want to talk about it. But we were actually hosting a wedding in our very backyard the same night so we literally Ugh. couldn't come wow way um, to be a but... pastor and like you know, take care of your flock where are you, where are you gonna choose your congregation or exactly. your internet friends i wanted my internet friends oh uh, it looked like so much fun and I, we love brett Harmon. um brett and brett came out and stayed a few days with us out here and um they're just they're so dear how do you know him just how do you know him i know you're both in atlanta funny enough um and so this is like I've not. I don't know if I've ever told this story publicly, but it's fine now because they're married. Brett Trap and I actually met because we matched on Tinder. Uh-huh. I knew you were about to say that. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So, but like, what was funny is like neither one of us were out of the closet. I was like just on the brink of like working out. Oh, I had yeah. just like come out to myself maybe like a week before and broken up with the woman I was dating with at the time. Yeah, right. uh, and I was like, and I was like, why not get on Tinder? Because that makes sense. So I jump on the Tinderverse. I match with this guy. I'm like, oh my God, he's another Christian. This is so rare. Never met another queer Christian in my life. And he invited me to Reformation Project uh, in Atlanta. Went there, got my world rocked. And he was incredibly Mm -hmm. uncomfortable and didn't come back for the rest of the sessions. But I basically got saved again that weekend. And that is a great story. I didn't know any of that. Yeah. Fast forward. Fabulous. Fast forward a year later, I'm doing my podcast. I see this thing called Blue Baby's Pink Pop on the pop up on the internet. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I gotta get this guy on the podcast. He emails me, he's like, Hey, do you remember when we matched on Tinder? And I was like, Holy shit, it's the same person. <laughs> haven't so seen, haven't heard from since we met that night. Didn't think anything about him, and then boom. Oh my gosh. And then I a song got married, and it was like, or get married. What is grammar? <laughs> cares it's a podcast it's not a written word we can say what we want exactly we have Um, editors for that exactly right hopefully i'll have an editor one day Yay! Yes, you will. Because now you're going to be so credentialed with your fancy degree. You know, um, you know. I love that you know Brett and Brett that you went to their wedding. I just, I think he's so special, and I just had him on my, on my podcast last week. And mm-hmm. um, you know, he does this masterful job, which I find really special. Of he tells his story with a lot of whimsy, and it's very gracious in nature. It's like really generous, mm-hmm. and he manages to be very generous toward his parents and toward his super conservative upbringing. And, you know, and in a way that not many people are including myself. And you know what? I have so much, I have so much compassion for that. And I tell Brett sometimes that his graciousness actually makes me mad. It gets Mm. on my nerves, you know, just like percent. 
Right. I'm like, you're being too nice. Like you, this is way too nice. And you are assuming way too much good. And anyway, but he does it nonetheless. And so I think what the, the upside of that position that he takes is that he does have a capacity to draw in a lot Mm. of Christians who, you know, just sort of around the, the whole sort of LGBT community. There's tons of people asking questions. They just don't have permission to, you know, there, that is vastly common. Um, we, I hear on the regular from, uh, Bible study leaders, pastors, um, ministry leaders, um, authors, all in this Christian subculture who are privately wrestling with this and have mm-hmm. a lot of questions and they're digging. But as you know, it's, you know, you've, it's swift excommunication for yeah. this. And so they're too afraid to be public. And something that Brett seems to do is um, be able to draw them into another layer of learning mm-hmm. and exposure in a way that's just not threatening. And uh, I don't know how he does it. It's his own personal brand of magic, but it, it is, I don't know. It is magic, and Lord knows, like, with my pink hair and my purple lips and my pierced nose, <laughs> it's it's a little hard to get in the room with people like that. Like, I've got a really good story to tell, believe me. That's something I think is so I interesting, too. And I think, like, like, depending on, like, the brand of homosexual that one might be, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, or just, like, uh-huh. how we present, like, for me, like, being genderqueer and, like, uh-huh. how we present a little bit more femme these days, it's uh-huh. a little bit harder for me, I know, to have access to rooms like mm-hmm. that. Which like I totally interesting, and I've even thought about like, um, for example, we were in North Carolina with the Reformation Project. We were in North Carolina a few weeks ago for a small event called Elevating the Dialogue, and I was seriously thinking about okay, in this room, do I want to put on makeup? Do I want to wear mm-hmm. X, Y, or Z? Is this going to make the, these people mm-hmm. totally turned off to me? And then at the same time, it's like the flip side of that coin of just like I shouldn't have to hide who I yeah. am. That's right. So it's it's really interesting to to think about those like um, respectability politics, and I think it's like the same thing That's among. Um, I think it's the same thing among any like marginalized identity group. It's like, um, you know, how we talk, um, how we dress, how we style our hair, you know, yeah. how low cut our shirt is or not, um, and automatically That's- discredit people. That's exactly right. I, I, you bring up such an interesting point. It's so funny for like those of us straights coming out of evangelical subculture. Um, you know, there's this notion that once you sort of um, engage um, the LGBTQ community, it's just this monolith, right? That it's all this this one note and it's all kind of the same. And the truth is there's a zillion slivers to that pie chart mm. and it's way more complicated. Nobody's just one thing and nobody has this a singular experience that's across the board, the same for everybody else. And so it is more complex and it is more complicated. And so in my opinion, it, it, if you are having to sort of figure out how to be in the room to be more respected, as you sort of just mentioned, that's just going backwards because there's too many room. There's too many rooms. There's, that's just a, that's a moving target. That's impossible. I mean, yeah, you already know it. That's why you have, you already know this. That's why you are who you are. And so you don't have to constantly try to please the people in the room. That's just so exhausting. That's really exhausting. And honestly, you do them a disservice because you're so wonderful and delightful and getting to know even like a lesser version of you, you're kind of cheating everybody. 
You know what I mean? I mean that in a nice way. They they lose out. They lose out if they've gotten a version of you that isn't really fully true. Um, and so I, I think it's good that you come to any given room as you are. And yeah. uh, that's that's good for all of us, really. Yeah. I was just about to say that that's like good advice across the board because yeah. um, I'm thinking because like I'm thinking like in Goose terms right now. So Nadia Boltzweber last year at Wild Goose gave this amazing yeah. keynote where she said um, – she was talking about like, she's like, there's a difference between like the height on your driver's license and your actual height, the weight on your actual, your driver's license and your actual weight, um, you know, who you wish you were, who you think you should be and who you actually are. And she said, guess what? Your ideal self does not exist. You do. Mm, that's good. And, and then she, she's so smart. And then she said like, that's the person whom God loves. And I, I have been carrying that with me since mm. that. Like I was at a, a little church that's camp sweet. this past weekend with a bunch of disciples of Christ students and mm-hmm. I I actually shared that, like, before I came, like, even, like, in front of these teenagers, I was afraid. I was like, should I put on a lip color right now? Is that going to weird yeah. some of them out? And well, I, Listen, teenagers are scary. You are not wrong there. They're so, so terrifying. Oh, my God. They are terrifying. I, you can't I read have them. firm you your can't feelings. Read them. No, and they're mean as the devil, or they can be. So, no, I, sh- I would be the same way. Like, am I doing this right? Am I dressing right? <laughs> That's, totally. Yeah, but... um. All I have to say is like it went off without a hitch. But that's the thing is that like oh, when we present our truest selves, like that's that's who God works through. That's who God loves. That's who God, um, I think, adores and blesses oh. is our most authentic self. And so like it's there's the question of just like for allies in the those pastoral positions you were talking mm-hmm. about, pastoral or just like straight Christians who could be allies, knowing that you know, you could lose a lot. You can yeah. lose a lot. You can lose your job. You can lose your right. uh, connection to your community and family. And then you sure can. it's, um, and then I guess the question I always ask him just like, you know, like where's, where is God calling you? You know, mm. where is the gospel? Like what is the conviction of the gospel in your spirit? You yeah. know, if it, if Jesus is calling you out of the, out of your closet, whether it's proverbial or otherwise, that's right. You know, it's, um, I, I don't know, like for me, I guess, because I'm such a Christian, it doesn't seem like much of a question for me. Yeah, I'm such a good Christian. I, I'll follow Jesus anywhere. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I do. I know exactly what you mean. It was conviction. And I'm just, I'm a deep, I'm a person of deep convictions. I always have been. I, I feel my, my feelings really deeply. I'm, I'm very, um, I have a really high justice meter. Mm-hmm. Um, injustice is really hard for me to handle. And, um, this deep sense of right and wrong and marginalization, marginalization. And so that was ultimately what propelled me over that line too, because for us, we kind of had a season of inquiry that was largely private. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a sloppy season. Uh, you probably had to go through it too, even as your own self, mm-hmm. right? Look, when you had to challenge what you had been taught or what you had heard or what you, what messages you had internalized, it's just such a sloppy season. And it's, it's got a lot of weird questions in it that are inappropriate or they're, <laughs> yes. you're asking it yes. the wrong way. Do you know what I mean? You don't have the lingo. You don't know the language. You're, you're not even sure you're going, you're going back and forth across these various um, talking points. And so we did a lot of that privately um, for probably a couple years when we were learning and studying and reimagining and listening to new teachers and um, 
just sort of exposing ourselves to the enormous uh body of work, theological work, mm. um, you know, who just that have an, has a different interpretation of scripture and around this. And, um, and so it, when, when privately it became clear, um, uh, that we were convinced and convicted, um, that we had no other place to land except in a fully affirming space. Um, it was at that point that conviction was like, Oh, okay. So I, I spent a very short season. I wouldn't say it was that long, but it was longer than it should have been to my discredit mm. where I kept that tucked away because I knew what the cost was going to be. And it was scary yeah. and I was scared. And, um, I just, I was on, literally on top of my career and just at the top of it. And I know I'm not a dummy. I've been around this. You know, I, I knew what to expect. I knew what was You're coming. You're waiting for and- the tweet that said farewell, Jen Hatmaker. And I got it and I knew I was going to get it. And so I was so afraid and I wanted to minimize collateral damage so much. And so we spent, um, we spent a few months setting our lives up to minimize that. We Mm. didn't put a single event on our calendar. We didn't take any new, any new um, bookings. We, uh, we zeroed out our calendar for a year, just knowing that if we were, um, scheduled all over the place that what that was going to mean is all those people are going to have to fire us and it would be hard for everyone. Everybody would lose. And so we sort of set ourselves up for a season of um, excommunication, which we got. And I, I hope that the way that we did it, um, it, minimized how much damage it caused everybody around us. I say damage. I mean, it's just, it was just complicated, but I, I, I wish that I would have done that sooner. And yeah. so again, like the the other side of it is there's just so much life and vibrancy mm. on the other side of it. Like I wish I could go back and tell myself then what I know now. I wish I could go back and say, sister, you're going to want to have this in your rear view mirror as quick as you can. Right. And you will not look back and it's going to be full of joy and full of life. I am telling you that the people that have come into our life since have ma- they have made our life so expansive and mm. so wonderful. Like I just can't, I just cannot believe, I can't believe it. And it's cracked open, honestly, for me, I'm sorry, I'm talking so long on this. I'm no, you're done. good. It's Keep cr- going, honey. It's, it's, it's cracked open for me also some other kind of garbage theology that I also swallowed. Right. It was all kind of wrapped up in one pill. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it was one pill and you get the whole pill in a package. You need to drink the whole thing. And so for me, it's given me also permission to – you mentioned earlier, I, I was also raised to just so deeply distrust my own body, mm-hmm. uh, my own gut, my own heart, my own leading. You know, of course, we were raised that that was nothing but pure evil. Of course. And – and that even when it was acting good, it was probably bad. And, right. and, you right. know? and so I, I'm, I'm now finding like ancillary freedom from a lot of the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just good news all the way around for me. Yeah. Uh, I'll retweet, preach, hashtag, all that, all that. Yeah. But that's the, that is the damn truth. Cause I, I think that's also like what keeps so many people from actually beginning the, the journey of questioning um, yeah. is this idea of if I'm wrong about this one thing, what else am I wrong about? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because like, right. It's a scary thing to unpack your entire theology, especially when you thought you were hashtag a good person. Totally. Um, I acknowledge that. I really do. I, 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 um, understand that deterrent too. And, um, cause it does, it, it's a little bit disorienting, except the truth is that, uh, 
in my opinion, I, I think we can press pretty hard on the gospel and it's going to hold. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, it's not such a fragile little baby. It really you know, isn't. It's not just, no, it's not such a little crumbly, crumble at the first touch gospel. And so, you know, I, I think it can stand up to scrutiny and I think it can stand up to questions and, and it remains. And so I'm not afraid of that anymore. And, and, and to be sure it's, there's a lot of freedom on the other side of that because we have definitely been sold a bill of goods in some cases. Mm-hmm. Um, church, I mean, we try our best, but my gosh, honey, oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. It is um, like this season in the, the life of the church. I am so curious as to like what will happen at the end of even at the midterm elections, even at the 2020 elections, which I, I think it's so sad that like I have to like since, you know, November 2016, I've been measuring my life in political seasons. <laughs> and I'm just like, OK, this person's in office. This person's in office who who got fired this week from the administration. Um, oh, right. I mean, good luck trying to keep up. Yeah. Thank God for NPR Politics Podcast, because I wouldn't know anything that's going on. Oh, is that your main line? Good one. Yo, yeah. NPR Politics Podcast and also NPR's First Up, they give you like a briefing of the political news in the morning. It's like one minute long. It gives you exactly what you need to know without overwhelming you with too much dramatic detail or like oh. triggering details. That's also why I like NPR Politics Podcast, because... Um, they report what's happening and yeah. they don't allow a lot of their own personal emotions like good journalism does. Yep. They just say, yep, this exactly. is what's happening. What's going to happen? This is our speculation. Right. Um, so I, I, That's so true. Uh, following all the sort of partisan news outlets is just it's so tiring. Really it's just is. so tiring. So I just feel so worn out. I can't believe we're not even at the two year mark yet. Like, <laughs> who can handle it? Just who <sighs> can handle it? We're just so worn the hell out. I just, every single day, I'm like, can we just have a day? Do you remember how we just used to have, this just wasn't how we lived. Do you remember when the news was boring? Yeah, remember when we just like didn't talk about anything about the president or like what they were doing? We just literally, like we were talking about MTV Movie Awards. (laughs) You know? I miss that. miss those days. I really do. Um, because I all I want to do is just listening to Beyonce and Jay's new album on repeat. Oh, which be, I haven't downloaded it's it on, yet. Is it phenomenal? It's on Spotify. It's on Tidal. It's on iTunes. It's everywhere. It's so sexy. <laughs> They're the king and queen. I'm serious. They have like world domination. And it's just so artful. Like the whole thing is so yep. artful and tasteful and delicious. And at the same yeah. time, unapologetically black, unapologetically yeah. a bop. Yeah. And it's just blessing me these days, these past 24 hours. Um, Shifting gears ever so slightly, um, because I suppose we should talk about Wild Goose Festival since that's why we're here. Yay. Um, This is my first time. I've never been. I know. And I am thrilled you are coming. This is my third one. Um, And it's just a bomb time. Oh, and you're, um, you're doing a talk, a keynote talk from the stage, right? I am. How do you feel? What's it going to like? What should the people be expecting? What What's the hot gossip from your end? Do you know what? I feel nervous. Isn't that funny? I feel nervous. I want to, I just want to make this community proud and I'm, I'm kind of the new girl to it. Mm. And so, you know, there's this depth of community and leadership already sort of in this progressive Christian space and leaders that have been just, you know, just driving the ship over there for so long with such ferocity and with such honor and 
um, courage. And so I feel like I've got a little bit of hat in hand syndrome. And, and so I'm, 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 I'm the most nervous about that talk that I have been in a long time. And so I really, really want it to, to go well. But, um, the upside of that community is everybody's so over the top nice so welcoming Yo, it's read just that absurd. as over the top weirdos <laughs> i already know that no, i have a the- bunch of friends that have gone to cruise for years and i'm like it feels so hot and rainy and i don't know how much i can dance around a fire they're like no you can do it like you'll dig deep though you'll get infected with the fire i'm like okay no, you say so honey acquire the fire honey that's what you're going to <laughs> acquire the fire but progressive <laughs> And for like Jesus, like adult. Oh, I'm dead. Oh, that just slayed me. Yeah. Oh my gosh, acquire the fire. You know, so few people know what we're talking about when you say acquire the fire. That I'm so. Tickled. It's my favorite thing when people who have been like Christians, like from like the early '90s onward, or just like grew up yeah. in the world, acquire the fire. Ichthus. <laughs> Anybody go ever into Ichthus? You saw Reliant K when they were playing on the side stage before they were big. Oh my course are you kidding me we were in student ministry in the early 90s so i mean you name it and we took a group of students to it Jars of so winter fat oh all 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 oh. all so i'm just tickled uh, it's just very few people know about acquire the fire <laughs> acquire the fire goose version yeah. is hilarious yeah but it's that i know what should i know like what would you tell me mm. what do i need to know as an as a first time goose comer goose, goose my attender. personal recommendations a um the the program and schedules already listed so you can go to wildgoosefestival.org look at the 2018 schedule of stuff start reading through like different topics and also all of the session topics are already posted too so if you see something like highlight it then go look it up later or when you get to when you get to camp on that first night go through it circle the ones you're interested in and then also be open to be flexible be open to a nap. Mm. Be open to just wanting to decompress by yourself because there's so many freaking people. Um, that's one thing. It is. It's big, right? Like, how many people come? Uh, I mean, like, I want to say around a thousand-ish. Yeah, um, that's what I thought. It, but also just, like, when you're together in that forest and everyone's in close quarters, I could be saying a hyperbole there, but that's what it feels like. It's a good okay. chunk of people. It's over 700 yeah. at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know. I want you to still respect me, but I'm staying in a place that has air conditioning. Oh, honey. I'm sorry. No, I listen, can only do I, so much. I, I camped out the first year. Second year, I said, I'm not doing this. I got a cabin <laughs> with a hot tub. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, like. <laughs> oh, that's even worse. So had it by okay, myself perfect. Because, like, at the end of the day, like, I need to shower this body odor, <laughs> like, dirt road, <laughs> road to Damascus <laughs> self. You know, listen, <laughs> yes. I spent a whole day being transformed by the Holy Spirit. I need to, like, chill. <laughs> that makes me so happy. Okay, good. So you're also in a cabin. Great. Um, not a cabin. I actually decided to try glamping this year with my friend Matthias Roberts. Ooh. So we are, Ooh. but it's got like a, t- a tent. It's got a fan, and like I kind of yeah. do like sleeping outdoors and like camping, but like yeah. not soup. I was like I was a missionary for a while. I got that out of my system, oh, yeah. so I can be a butch queen it. when I need to. Right. So, but true. I'd rather. Um, <laughs> Glamping's a good happy medium. Yeah. That's something right in the middle. I feel like you're you're probably nailing it this year. I think so too. Thanks be to God. Um, right. Bring a poncho or an umbrella, and make sure you're wearing oh, yeah. shoes that cannot be ruined by mud. Because even if it's sunny, there's some yeah. mud p- places. Oh, like what do you wear? What shoes do you like? Sandals? What do you? I, I wear chacos. I can't think of it. I wear chacos every single oh, year. Yeah. Where it's just I like I can rinse them Got off it. if I need to. If I want to like step in the river for a second, I can. I also like wear. Um, 
lightweight everything like a tank top um a tank top and like last year i was like wearing a tank top running shorts in my fanny pack and i looked like the <laughs> most the most trash um although i did get dressed up for like i was giving a workshop and so i dressed up to do my workshop wore pants a button down but then right after that i was right back into my trash clothes this year because it's just so hot right that's why yeah it's just why are you talking to me siri ain't talking to you my siri's talking at me sorry um but i uh last year was that and also like i have like these dope set of linen overalls that i'm wearing they're super cute i'm gonna look like a queer farmer i'm so excited (laughs) <laughs> are they shorty overalls or long they're long but i'm rolling them up to like mid calf um and they don't have like linen. traditional buttons they just tie in this little hole in like where the oh, buttons be cute. it's fun i feel really concerned about the fashion i i know it's kind of like coachella for christians uh, and so i just want to fit it right i want to be right I mean, it's not quite that no because like the demographic is so wide um is that you know it's mostly like moms and dads and people chilling a lot of people just in shorts and tank tops and shirts everyone's just dressing to be comfortable to be honest okay um okay. now if you're okay. like me or sarah heath you're dressing to the nines every day looking yeah. like christian coachella but that is not uh, <laughs> I love across the board um okay and um yeah so shoes that are appropriate dress comfortably yeah. sunscreen is a big i always say like long pants and like a jacket for the evening because it does get a little chilly and bugs and i don't like wearing oh, okay. bug spray um, okay and then i think my other big suggestion is beer and hymns show yeah. up praise the lord with your brothers and sisters and siblings and get lit at the same time what's better than that yeah nothing you know um kristen howerton is like one of my closest friends. oh my god so yeah that's one of my most i'm so excited about that because i have wanted to see her do baron hymns for all this time and i've never been in town when she's doing it so i feel thrilled about that part i'm gonna be at baron hymns so let's sit together oh well, it ain't no sitting honey ain't not a seat everybody's standing in a circle so nary a seat no because like because everyone is so close in together and like they pass out hymnal yes. booklets and so um oh my gosh you know who showed up last year uh who wrote uh uh he is jealous for me what's that song he loves us uh who wrote that is it it's not tomlin right no not chris tomlin he popularized it though there's another guy he headlined the goose last year but he came showed up to beer and hymns and did that and there was a whole section of us rather than saying he loves us we all saying oh she loves us Oh, how clever. And I know who you're talking about. I remember Kristen telling me this, and I cannot find it. This is the moment where, hey, if you're listening to this yes, and anyway. you remember, comment yeah. below. Leave a comment. Let us know yeah, who it was. Exactly. Tweet at us. Let us know who it was. Tweet at us. Um, the other thing I will suggest is uh, at least one night, for at least for a little bit, come to the silent disco. Um, oh. It is, it, you walk up to it, it looks insane. It looks dumb. Heck. Because like it's like a bunch of people that like have headphones in and they're jamming, but there ain't no music playing because it's in there. Oh my gosh, I'm dead. It, it, it lo- you take your headphones off, it looks insane. You put your headphones on, you're in another world. It makes sense. Okay, that's fun. And that's mm-hmm. funny. Okay, noted. Yeah. And then personal plugs from me because I am who I am and I shameless plug myself. Yes. I have a workshop called Bridges Over Battle Lines. Yeah. I'm doing a panel with Robin Henderson Espinosa and other people about internalized mm-hmm. homophobia and transphobia. Oh, I great. am doing a talk with Emily Joy and Morgan Guyton about uh, yeah. in, it's called Embodied Grace, and we're talking about sex positivity um, mm-hmm. and reclaiming our bodies. It's going to be dope. 
And then That's the good. last one I'm doing is a uh, live podcast recording with Failed Missionary, with myself, Hannah Posh, uh, Corey Pig, and Jamie Wright. Which is- oh, you've got some good folks. I am... You are. That's a good lineup you just gave. That's awesome. I'm thrilled. So, if you want to come to those, Jen Hatmaker, yeah, so I can feel totally really I nervous about presenting in front of uh, <laughs> a person who d- gives talks all the time. That'd be great. Just remember that I'm the nervous one. This is you've already been here. You're an old pro. These are all your people and all your friends. So that's reverse. <laughs> that is reverse. Are you gonna be really nervous knowing am- that I'm gonna be out there just like taking notes, just like well. That's not good. That's not good. Exactly. Totally. Damn it. No. I know it. I Progressive know Christian happen. Twitter is going to just say farewell, Jen Hatmaker, and then. <laughs> just kidding. Progressive Progressive Christian Twitter can also be kind of fierce. I'm serious. Oh, I don't necessarily want to get on the other side no, of them it's, either. It's, that is the true tea. And that is something like mm-hmm. I, I try as much as possible to remember um, – this little thing called grace that is apparently a thing that we practice as Christians. Right. Like, so I've heard. It's, it's like, so it's like, it's like this middle ground of just like, I have to remember that, you know, all of our faves are problematic in some way. Even me, I know that I've yeah. done things, said things yeah. that are problematic and people have called me on it and that's fine and good. And I need that. Yeah. And I think it has okay. to be the, when somebody, I think that we forget that like, when people repent, when people are actually doing the work, like there is a, such a thing as forgiveness. There is such a thing as grace. Mm-hmm. And yep. um, there's this thing Mickey Scott Bay Jones says in her invitation to Brave Space. She says, like, we have a right to start somewhere and to grow. And okay. I think that we have to remember that for ourselves is that like on this journey, we have never done this before. None of us have been on this journey before. Yeah. So as we're doing, if we can have grace with each other to, to mess it up and to say that we're sorry later... I think that can do worlds of good. And like that way, like people won't be afraid to come out as allies. People won't be afraid to start doing it because they've seen how fiercely like, and like, this is like, this is also self critique. I know that I have been guilty of this. Um, Mm. And uh, of being that guy who like drags somebody on Twitter and I have to, you know, lead by self incrimination and not do that as much. But it's, um, it's one of these things where just, I, that's what I also love is that, what I do love about progressive Christian movement and certain things I'm seeing, especially at, at intersections of like racial justice and queer justice and women's mm-hmm. justice um, is that at least me, I have been taught to be open to critique. Um, and I think the mm-hmm. movement overall is pretty open to critique and like asking the question of just like, who is not here? Who, what voices are we not centering? Who needs, mm-hmm. who okay. needs to be here? That's not here. Um, so that's something that I am. Um, that's my little tangent about that. I think that's great. Well, my experience with sort of my progress, progressive Twitter friends as somebody who sort of emerged and then is still continuing to learn like in a public way is that I, I felt like I was met with a lot of generosity, even as I can look back now some of the things that I said or wrote, I'm just, I could just like rend my garments, oh, like, yeah, ugh, same. hat maker. I just didn't get it right. I didn't know. I didn't, wasn't sure yet, or I didn't know, or I had it wrong, or I'm still mm-hmm. learning. And it, for the most part, I felt like this community was so generous and kept saying, you're welcome here. Like keep learning, <laughs> keep asking questions, keep listening, mm-hmm. um, keep paying attention and just kind of pulling me, tugging me along, sort of, 
kindly but firmly. And um, to me, it was a real welcome landing, mm-hmm. a very welcome landing because that it was different than what I had experienced before. Right. And so um, I think I think the community is doing pretty well by mm-hmm. and large. And yeah, for and, sure. And, and you're right; it, it's so interesting to be inside of it because uh, you know once you start pulling one thread, so you know whether it's like you said, queer justice or racial justice, whatever it is, um, within the culture, within the community, uh, a lot of it starts unraveling for good in a good Mm -hmm. way. So you can't tug on one thread without beginning to also unravel what it means for women and what it means for people of color. And um, so I just, I find that the connective threads between these very various areas of justice in the community really strong mm-hmm. and really good. And you're right. I notice everybody paying attention to whose voices are not um, heard, who is being centered and uncentered here. And I've learned so much about that from this community, so much. And I'm still getting it wrong. I got called out just a couple of weeks ago online, rightly so. I, they were right and I was wrong. And I'm like, I literally sat at my desk um, when she sort of challenged my um, my statement. And I thought, oh my God, she is right. Mm-hmm. Like, I did not even see that. I was completely blind to that and now mm-hmm. I see it. And so I, I also appreciate the challenge. And I find that in general, it's done in good faith and mm-hmm. in good spirit. And it's it's good for us all if we can figure out how to receive that without going so crazy defensive, yeah. which is my first instinct. Oh, same. I yeah. I totally get that. Because like, the first thing I ever want to say to someone who like offers me critique is like, what the fuck do you know? <laughs> totally. like, I'm the I, worst. I really am. And oh, I am le- like, when I first started doing advocacy work, my thing was just like, yeah. bad thing happens, write about it online. <laughs> immediately right now while it's white exactly and let me tell you what it makes for some good writing but it makes for some poor bridge building materials amen Uh, to that oh my gosh i'm so guilty i feel like you're reading me listen it's because i feel Um, very some also question do you still self-identify as a three it's interesting that you asked me that everything Um, you're saying i'm just like honey are you like me this is so weird that you're saying this because um, I definitely self-identified as a three. But when I had Ian Cron on my podcast a few weeks ago, you know how he's so like gentle and he's, but he's just picking up on everything you're laying down constantly without letting you know that he's mm-hmm. doing it. And right in the middle of the conversation, he's like, may I suggest that you have potentially misdiagnosed yourself and that you might consider that you are an mm-hmm. eight. And I was like, you're, you're like, putting a wrecking ball into me right like what is this what are you i'm an eight with a seven wing which is why i feel like we just see you're picking it up too that is so weird because like what you said at the beginning well, about justice just... versus injustice what you say about like receiving yep. feedback from people um because usually like yeah, threes yeah. when they receive feedback like they can receive it but they're pretty aloof and then they like use that to like uh shift themselves <laughs> so that they can be more appealing yeah. to more people it's true. That is so true. And I identify a little bit less with that because I'm more willing just to burn the mother down. Yeah. So I'm not afraid of that apparently. Mm. And so I, I think Ian thinks I'm a social eight. And so I have not really yeah. studied this sort of subtypes a lot. And so I, I'm open to that. I'm open to that possibility for yeah. sure. Well, I, uh, I invite you to the table with eights. We are so much fun. Thank you. <laughs> 
Um, You know, I think you were saying that. I don't know what it is about the eight. I think the underside of the eight has me rattled, and which is why I'm going to five. Like just the the dark side of it, Mm. the shadow side of an eight, which is so like confrontational and so abrasive and domineering. And I work hard to not be that. And so I think it's just like anything on the Enneagram. When you read the dark side of any of it, you just hate it. Oh yeah, you just hate it. That's why you're like, no, I don't, I don't want to be that. But I think I might be. Yeah, so, it's one of those things where, yeah. like, I always tell people, I'm just like, when you're learning about your types, when you're reading it, the one that makes you cringe the most, that's probably <laughs> totally. you. It's so awful. It's so embarrassing. I, I'm I'm kind of new to the Enneagram. And once I sort of read it and said out loud, I'm like, oh, my God, now everybody knows how gross I am. I, I wish nobody would read this Enneagram <laughs> stuff because all my secrets are out. Yeah. Like, now they know my disgusting inner thoughts. Because at the end it. of it, like, that's real. Because... You know, but I take, I take comfort in the fact that even when I'm an asshole, God still uses me. That's true. That's his whole history. But that's, that that is the thing about (laughs) being, um, an eight. And I, if it were me, I think you might be eight with a nine wing because I think you, I think that's because I think you're a lot better at, um, at peopling. Yeah. Peacemaking and and peopling than I am. And also, um, Mm. I don't know the way that you've phrased it about, uh, around like your journey about like, you know, wanting to be upfront with your beliefs, but like also knowing that how it was going to affect the world that you lived in. Um, Whereas Mm -hmm. I have never felt that kind of conflict before. So I'm just like, people are going to hate this dope. (laughs) Like I, I, I low key get off. Like if I say something on Twitter and someone just responds in all caps, Kevin. And I'm just like, you're like, (laughs) <laughs> That's amazing. I envy that a little bit. I do. There's a freedom in that for sure. I'm always sort of gut checking myself and thinking about uh, the tremors that I'm going to send out into the world for sure. And I, when I am, when I'm disintegrating, I'm very much like the dark side of a mm. nine, which is withdrawn. Uh, I'll just go comatose. Yeah. I don't want any of it. I will withhold. I am out. Yeah. And, and so you may be right. And that's also just like what happens, like, cause like eights go to five in, in, a, in unhealth. And so the, the, the underside of a five or like the, the lower side of a five is uh, pretty emotionally uh, withdrawn, um, pretty callous and also very calculated. Um, like under, mm. cause like five is researching. So like they, like we go into this thing where we try to become very logical about everything yeah. where um, you, we know what we should be doing, but we just don't want to do it. Um, totally. But then on the plus side is I think the beautiful thing about eights, especially eights being pastors is that because we are so fiercely uh, loyal, because we are so fiercely dedicated to things like justice and wanting to see good things flourish in the world. When we go to two, um, we are, we can be really good pastors. A, because we're really protective of people. B, because like uh, we, I, I don't know. I feel, I feel like we have like this, uh, ability to love immensely. We can become very magnanimous. And then on top of that, being going to two as the caregiver, um, we kind of empower other people to be their own advocates in many ways. That's so true. Um, yeah, everything you're saying makes sense. Like that, that's sort of the healthy side of all of that. It's true. That does make for a good pastor. I actually think we need more who are, don't you just more committed to justice, um, than to status quo. I, I, I'm drawn to leaders like that big time. Um, and so you're right. There's this very generous two, 
two side of an eight that is wonderful, like a wonderful, wonderful pastor, the very mm-hmm. best kind, I think. I think all my favorite pastors are Lutherans and they're also eights. So who knows where I'm going to end up. Uh, so are you Lutheran No, now? I'm still, I'm still Baptist, believe it or not. So okay. I go to this God super dope progressive Baptist church. We are part of the Alliance oh, of yeah. Baptists, which is pro LGBT, pro women, yeah. and anti-racist. Yep. And yep. we have queer pastors, black pastors, women pastors, um, and they all share one salary because they're incredible and they do other work part time to just to sustain the church. And I'm oh, like, wow, we are s- I know very little about yo, this. It's it's the best little gem because also, do you know about like the history of like the like the Southern Baptist Convention and then yes. all the things that happened when they split Horrible. off? So one of the Baptist yes. ethos is autonomy of the local church, right? And so when the SBC started like gathering a lot of power and saying, you have to believe X, Y, and Z ways, you can't ordain X, Y, and Z person. They're just like, actually, you can't tell us what to do because that's like totally Mm -hmm. opposite of the Baptist ethos. And so um, that's when uh, the CBF cooperative Baptist fellowship split off. And uh, I I don't know when the Alliance of Baptist formed, but like Mm -hmm. Alliance of Baptist formed around, um, I think around like women's issues and LGBT issues because they wanted to be inclusive of that. So like how long ago was that? Um, you know, let's Google Alliance of Baptist. Okay. Oh, I'm, so oh, I'm not. I love, like, this one. This is fun times. Uh-huh. All right. Alliance of Baptist founded 1987. I know about CBF. Okay. All right. So fairly yeah, recently. So pretty recently. And uh, they do really dope stuff. And I think, like, Robin Henderson Espinosa is, might be associated with them. And, like, um, uh-huh. what is his dear name? Oh, uh, Reverend Barber. Oh, Le- uh, uh, Leroy Barber. Barber. Oh yes. Oh, oh he's my amazing. gosh. I'm I'm pretty sure he's going to be at the Goose this year. Don't quote me on that, but let me tell you what. That man can preach. Huh. Kenny, I hope he's coming. I feel like I heard a murmur yeah, that he was coming right now too. Even some, as someone who is an yeah. insider, I don't even know for sure. So. Okay, so, so we'll you see. You want to find out? Well, I'm really interested to hear about Go ahead. Um, your Baptist Alliance. That's just a not of that's not a branch of that family mm-hmm. I have ever heard of, and so I am I'm fascinated by that. I'm going to do a yeah. little digging on that. How did well, you find my them? church that I go to now? Um, for when I started there, we were part of the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. Then Cooperative Baptist mm-hmm. Fellowship was going through the LGBT conversation, and they basically landed on this yeah. not great middle ground where they said local congregations mm-hmm. have the right power responsibility to ordain um, and lead and help people become members and marry whoever they want to, you know, LGBT, straight. Mm-hmm. Um, however, okay. on the like organizational level that like um, organizes everybody, like the corporate level, if you will which I hate using that word about church stuff, but oh well. Um, They said that they would hire LGBTQ folks for some jobs, but not all jobs. Um, Mm, Like lead mm -hmm. pastor, for example. Is that what that means? And so we basically said that is a discriminatory policy. We don't want it because like our pastors at our church are are queer folks. And so we're like, we're not going to do that. So Alliance of Baptists just kind of like fell into our laps. Like right around the same time we were thinking about leaving the CBF, they hooked up with us. Hmm. And we studied, we, as a church, learned about who they were, their history, the things that they're committed to. And we're like, yeah, we would love to be associated with this organization hmm. just to have like oversight um, because we, sure, yeah, that's totally, super I get important it. to have oversight and um, mm-hmm. people to support us and um, 
scholarship money, yeah. things like that for seminary. Yeah. So it's, exactly. um, it's really cool. Um, I'm, so okay. I'm really, well, I did not expect to hear you say you know, you're a Baptist. That was the surprise yeah, of the conversation. Yeah, in all of my time, I would have never expected myself to say a Baptist. But like, if I look at the markers of what we say a Baptist is in the in the best possible sense of yeah, the word, I'm like, well, shit. All right. <laughs> and that seriously is it because like I grew up, I grew up non-denominational oh. evangelical. I'm a Christian. That's it. I'm just a grass uh-huh. follower, Bible believing. <laughs> And like I was, I told my mother recently because like I'm still very attracted to mainline stuff. I was attracted, like I might become a Lutheran one day. Who knows? Yeah. But I said, Mom, yeah. I might become a Lutheran, and she says, Kevin, can't you just be a Christian? I was like, Mom. <laughs> That's, um, I, I, I'm drawn to mainline too. It's interesting. I just finished a faith series on my podcast on kind of hard questions of just exploring your faith, and I didn't mean to do this, but I discovered that like sixty percent of the guests I had on that series were Episcopalians. Yeah. So I'm like, what is it that with me and Episcopalians? I guess I like them. I like the way they lead. I like their theology. So yeah, I'm with. I, there's there's something about mainliners that like, draws me into. And like you know what's so funny is like it's like all of like uh, people who grew up in the mainline they're just like they're like they either like go they either stick to the mainline. Mm-hmm leave the church completely or yeah. go like hardcore evangelical. It's very strange. Right. Um, totally. <laughs> like yeah. banned and smoke, Well, I know that we you probably need yeah. to get on with your life and I need to like, uh, do things as well. Yeah. Hey, I yep. so appreciated you spending time with me. I like you. I want to be friends with you. I like you too. Samesies. Um, let's hang out at wild goose a little bit. We've got to be able to find a little, just a little scrap of like, time listen, somewhere. I know um, it. We're going to sneak off. We're going to have a hotel party. We're going to, it be all night long. <laughs> I have air conditioning but, and I'm oh here with you. So what, just know that ladies right and now. Gentlemen <laughs> and non-binary friends, this person right here, a servant, <laughs> a servant. <laughs> Um, so true that's just my sanctification it's not me it's jesus inviting me to take a shower in your hotel room (laughs) (laughs) that was my conversation with jen hatmaker you can connect with her across all social media at jen hatmaker on her website jenhatmaker.com pick up her latest book of mess and moxie wherever books are sold and you can check out her podcast for the love uh on your podcast app or wherever you're listening to podcasts itunes or spotify or stitcher blah 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 you know the drill jen thanks so much for being on the show that was a treat and i can't wait to hang out with you at the goose a Tiny Revolution is produced by myself and supported by 113 amazing folks via Patreon. If you don't know what Patreon is, it is an incredible way for folks like you who are listening to free content and media to support uh, creators like myself who are independent and trying to hustle out here in these streets. So if you believe that conversations like this are important and life-giving, I would love for you to go to patreon.com slash thekevingarcia and become a supporting partner today. There are sweet perks associated with it. There are shirts. There is a Slack channel channel that you can become a part of there is um, a newsletter which i am shitty about putting out but i'm working on that hopefully today so the june one will be out by the end of the month mark my words people and if i don't i want you to call me out say kevin where the fuck is my newsletter and i will say i'm so sorry let me get that to you (laughs) um wow that got really violent really quickly i apologize anyways um no i don't apologize um i would love for you to become a supporting partner because i have i've been um, 
it's one of those things where just like I love this work I love creating spaces for people to hear new stories for people to get connected with people that they have already enjoyed um, on social media or via their books and also it it means so much to me to actually have support not just in words but also in, in finances and I know that may sound a little weird Uh, Because a lot of people are bad about asking for money or asking for support. But this is what I do. This is what I love. Like, I work maybe um, 10 hours a week at a yoga studio to help supplement this. I do a little bit of catering here and there. But I made the leap into full-time creative work because of your support. And, um, you know, I'm not... I'm still paying my bills, which is great. But I, I, I... it does come with a little bit of fluctuation. So your support, even if it's just at $5, $10 a month lets me continue to create blogs and podcasts and videos about the queer Christian experience, which I know are helping. I've gotten so many messages recently um, through like Instagram DMs from people who have been connecting with the podcast and it's just been really good for them. So if, uh, if you think the telling stories about the queer Christian experience, about the progressive Christian experience is important, um, I'm going to ask you not just to say that you love it, but to, to, say, to say it with, uh, with your resources if you have it available. Another great way to support if you can't give financially, because I know a lot of us out here are strapped for cash, you can easily go over to the iTunes store and leave a review. It is a really easy way to just you know, do something practical to help the show out. Leave a five-star review, tell people what you're doing, and then share it on social media. Get other people connected with this because I want this community to continue to grow and flourish. All right, I'm done talking. Thank you so much for listening today to this awesome conversation with my girl, Jen Hatmaker. Jen, thanks for being on the show again. If you want to meet me, Jen, Jamie, the very worst missionary, um, Corey Pig from Failed Missionary, we're going to be doing a live podcast there. What else am I doing? I'm doing a talk with Emily Joy, which is going to be incredible. I'm doing a talk with Robinson Henry. Anderson Espinosa, if you want to be out there with us dope-ass, genderqueer, gender-fluid folk, um, get your life. Come to Wild Goose. You're not going to regret it. Um, also, volunteer opportunities are still open through July 1st, so if you want to go for free, go apply, get there, and um, become a volunteer. I think that's everything from me. Okay, go take your medication, go see your therapist, drink some water, do some yoga, run around outside, go feel the rain on your skin. No one else can feel it for you. Only you can let it in. No one else, no one else can speak the words on your lips, honey. And that's the truth. The gospel of Natasha Benningfield. You're welcome. (laughs) All right, I am going to go edit this podcast now. I love you so much. I'll talk to you soon. This has been another episode of A Tiny Revolution. My name is Kevin Garcia, and we will hang out again next week, okay? Bye! Bye!